buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the GlobalX Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing, carefully consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Co. At Enterprise, we know you're constantly on the move. Getting this? Thanks, Mom. Fixing that. You reach a destination. And then it's on to the next. And when life is moving at the speed of, well, life, Enterprise is right there with you, around the corner and around the globe. We'll keep you moving forward. Enterprise, for lives in drive. With me kind of being the shy girl back then, I didn't really know how to interact with guys. It was weird. So people who showed interest, oh my God, you're so beautiful. That was it, finished, scattered, done. In this episode, I'm joined by someone very special. It's my sister Maureen. For those of you who aren't subscribed to my YouTube channel and haven't met Maureen before, she's had an amazing career in communications and she now works with me in my business as COO. She's the definition of an everyday boss babe. In this episode, we're going to talk about what it's like dating today, how to realistically get on the property ladder in London and setting goals and having intention. It's a special one for me as I'm letting you into the family. So let's get into this. Today, we are joined by a very special guest. This guest is someone I've known for a lot of time because she happens to be someone who I shared a womb with and it's my sister Maureen. She's actually been on the journey with me, lots of journeys with me for quite a long time and I also think she has a very interesting story as well. She had the name of grandma but let's be honest with you, she does like to live a hot girl summer. She's actually a party girl. She's a more quiet personality, the opposite of myself, but with lots of strength and internal strength that I wish that I had. And I feel like there is some stories that she has experienced that I really feel like so many of us can relate to. And I think it's her time to actually come and have a chat and express that. I have my YouTube channel and I feel like people have seen her and, you know, a lot of the time they've seen her in her dressing gown and headscarf, talking about being single, leaving her job and that kind of thing. And so I thought, you know what? Let's go ahead and bring her on. So Maureen, my Hi. sister, my womb friend. <laughs> no, enough. We're, we're, well, not at the same time, but yes. Yes, we are sisters. And I've decided that Maureen is a great person to bring on here because, I mean, you can share a bit about yourself. So I'm sure some of you already know me from um being on Patricia's YouTube channel etc etc but um not everyone knows me so I guess this is kind of a nice opportunity to kind of share my story Patricia's younger sister a lot of people kind of speculate that I might be the older one but no (laughs) I'm not I'm slightly more mature 
but yeah, I'm the younger one. We're super close. We have always been. And yeah, I'm excited to share some of my personal life. I really today. want us to get into some of Maureen's dating experiences. Oh and <laughs> obviously ready, my situation is that, you know, I got married really early. I got locked down. I didn't really get out and about in these streets as not that you were in the streets. <laughs> Easy but, now. Uh, I didn't necessarily get out and about. And I feel like there's so many girls who can relate to being from London, being yeah. single. Yeah. Being in that online dating space and then wanting to, you know, actually maybe be in a relationship and then having their time wasted. Yes. We'll get into that. Yes. But also because you are so driven, you're a career woman as well, we should explore that further. But I would like us to start off with an ice shaker. Okay. I'm going to ask you some questions. Just a few questions. Okay. Just to like break the ice a little bit. I'm kind of scared, but we'll go We're going to go straight into it. <laughs> now, tell me about your last Tinder date. Well... <laughs> not Tinder, I don't do Tinder, but I I am on Bumble currently. My last one was actually really nice. Oh. It was actually really nice. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the nature of the beast, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you can meet who you might think is the love of your life on Tuesday and two weeks later. Sorry, what was his name? <laughs> Remind me again. But yes, the last one was nice. The reason we're not talking anymore is because I realised that our our visions for the future don't align. And it's very important for me now mm -hmm. to spot the signs early and know when it's... I know. Okay. Have you been living the hot girl summer or has it been a dressing gown wow. winter? <laughs> There's two extremes. Um, I think it depends on what your definition of hot girl summer is. So for me, that's living your best life and living it unapologetically. And if we go by that definition, then absolutely. But not just for summer, that's for life. We're coming to the end of the year. Now, do you feel like you made 2019 work or was it an epic failure? No, 2019 was that year. I walked into this year knowing exactly what I wanted to achieve. I made my visions, my goals very plain, very clear. And I'm not gonna lie, it's been tick after tick after tick after oh. tick. Like, but that was because I was very intentional and very purposeful about what I wanted to get out of this year. Mm -hmm. And everything, everyone, every destination, every invitation that didn't align to that was a no. So, yeah. yeah. And I think I want to just expand on that because I think we had a really bad year. 2018 was yeah. a bad year from breakups yeah. to breakdowns. <laughs> 2018 was such a year that we were like, no, this year has to be a good one. You've recently purchased a property. You're on the ladder. I am. I'm a first time buyer. I'm yeah, I'm super excited about it. It's a new chapter and something that actually I think could have, should have, would have happened earlier had I been in the right mental space. And I'm such a firm believer that how you think is who you are and what you kind of receive into your life mm -hmm. at any given stage. But if you're not mentally open to those experiences, they won't happen for you, no matter how much you say you think that you want it. So yeah, it's been a good year. It's been a really good year. So what I really want to do is explore how upbringing kind of 
helps people get to where they get to and what are those pivotal moments. And I feel like you've just talked about mindset. I want to expand on that a little bit more. So what do you think your mindset has been in the past and that you've changed this time? Because I've really seen from you like exponential action in literally the space of a year because you had to. But I think there were so many things that were kind of going wrong and failing and not happening She's been at mum's house for quite a while. Let's, let's be really honest with you. Maureen is a go with the flow. I'm usually fighting for life. And I feel like for some reason this year has been your year of fight. And then all of a sudden, like, a lot has happened. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really easy to get caught up in going with emotions and kind of letting life happen to you as opposed to being in the driver's seat of your own destiny. And you can live... And you can just go with the flow, as you say, Mm -hmm. or you can be the architect of everything that kind of happens. And I think that this year was my eureka moment, if you will. It kind of stemmed from, Patricia kind of talked about it before, but I had one of the worst years of my entire life Let's go into it, okay? There are girls who have these situations. Let's talk about the fact that you were single... You know what? I I don't want to be that girl who kind of flies the flag and says being single is the worst thing ever. It's not. And it's not a death sentence. And it's not, it's never going to happen for you. Being single is amazing. Being single is the opportunity where you get to really work out who you are um, and what it is that you bring to the table as one part of a two-part story eventually. Um, um, I wanted to say that as someone who was locked down so much, was not locked down like physically, yeah. but obviously I got into a relationship quite early. There is an, a lot of elements of freedom and self-exploration that I find that you've done that yes. I don't feel like I necessarily did. Yeah. So I definitely see the benefit of that singleness. And I'm like, listen, if I was single, <laughs> what I would be, what I, I would be know. doing. Let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. <laughs> but I feel like there's almost like this personal strength and growth you have as mm-hmm. well. So definitely. Yeah, I mean, def- definitely not a death sentence. Oh no, absolutely not. Like I love my own company and that's something that I have definitely learnt and has evolved over the years. Like I love to solo travel. I can very happily dine by myself in a fancy restaurant in Nando's. I don't care. And I've just like fallen in love with myself. And I think that's so important. I love that you do solo trips as well. Oh, I do. I love it. If you can't love yourself then how can you expect somebody else to if you don't know what you need to make yourself happy you can't put that responsibility in someone else's hands Mm -hmm. so going back last year was a mess I was in a relationship with my now ex-partner lots of tragic events lots of things happened which were kind of outside of anyone's control but in those experiences I definitely felt that I made some decisions that I wasn't in control of. I had a bigger picture of what I wanted and I let that overshadow some of the red flags that were immediately in front of me. Sometimes you think you have this prize that's kind of up in the sky somewhere and all you can see- Like a wedding, a marriage and babies. All you can see is this thing. You're not really taking stock of the steps and the present that you're living in to get to that destination. So 
last year, I think I had a very rude awakening about... Rude awakenings uh, are the worst. Yeah, honestly, uh, rude oof, awakening. Catch like, you off guard. Wait, hold on a second, babe. I know you want this, but actually mm. look at where you are. Mm-hmm. And can you do that with this person? Really and truly. So anyway, at the end of last year, after mental breakdowns and all of the others and losing myself and who am I and oh my God, Mm. what do I like? Who am I? What am I doing? What is my life? What's the purpose of life? All of that jazz, as you do. I thought no more, no more. And, you know, I'm kind of known for being the nice girl. I'm known for being the woman who's there for everyone else all the time. And I feel like I've put myself last literally my entire life. So let's explore this because I find that it's very interesting as a woman that you, there are different personality types. So I'm often criticised for being quite ballsy, quite quite aggressive, quite masculine. And then you are literally the archetype, sweet girl. And like, you know, you definitely are someone who is a giver and you do things to other people. And sometimes I think that there are the girls who have that personality type yeah. and it can sometimes be a detriment to themselves, but mm-hmm. also there is strength in softness as well. Like it's amazing to be able to be that selfless naturally. Like I wish I could be as nice. Um, <laughs> I just don't have as much patience, mm. but did you ever feel even growing up that as the soft girl that you were missing out or also cause you were quite quiet and didn't necessarily speak up. You've kind of broken out of that, I feel, but without having to become this hard, hard person. person. Yeah. Taking it back to like my upbringing and growing up and so on and so forth. So yes, people would know me as being the the nice girl, the giver or whatever. I think if I was to look back and potentially speak to my younger self, I would definitely say there is nothing wrong with being nice. There's nothing wrong with being overly nice. That's not a negative thing yeah, in itself. that's amazing. However, the problem arises where you put yourself last and where you let people dictate the decisions in your life. That's where it's an issue, where you forget who you are and what you want. You don't speak out. And in your niceness, you kind of put yourself at the back of the queue. Mm. So that's where the problem is. Do you think you were naturally nice or do you feel like your situations meant that you had to maybe say, do you know what, I'm not going to pipe up in this circumstance? I think a bit of both. Mm -hmm. So being the young, so I'm the youngest in my family, there's four of us, kind of having that younger label, you're almost in people's shadows a little bit. I don't really know how to explain it, but finding your own identity and finding your own voice is a little bit hard. So it's almost like, oh, you're Patricia's younger sister. Like you're not your own person. Mm -hmm. And it's quite easy to feel comfortable just being that Mm. rather than being your own Mm. entity. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah, one of the things that helped me kind of shake out of this was Mm -hmm. actually my career, my job straight out of university actually I lied not straight out of I struggled (laughs) can we explore this right okay sorry we're gonna bounce because this is what we do here I'm caught off guard by some of the things that you say after university and I obviously because we're sisters we can talk about this so I got a job straight away I was in the careers instantly and I'm you know far more boisterous 
in that aspect. I'm in a rush. Whereas Maureen kind of left university and struggled. you struggled. Yeah. You didn't have a job for like a year, a year, a year and a half, yeah. which is kind of normal. But obviously in comparison to Patricia, who had a job before she had even left university, mm. it almost, did, I don't know if there's an element of thinking, oh my gosh, you know, having to compare yourself. Yeah, I mean, there is. I'm not a comparison kind of person. You're not. At true. all. I don't care. You go ahead, girl. What's for you is for you. And what's for me will find me, mm-hmm. right? But, but there was an element, I feel, of needing to kick yourself up the backside. Definitely. So I had this moment where I was quite anxious for you. Because you're sure. not an anxious person. No. So I was like, let's get let's your get CV. I got her CV. I forced her to, like, go out yeah. and, like... Do yeah. something different. Do you so, something different. And it works. Our relationship is so beautiful because I think we have qualities that the other person doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So where I was kind of like, I don't really know where to start, how am I going to get on the job ladder, et cetera, et cetera. You really gave me like, come on today. It's not going to find itself. Mm-hmm. You've got to get out there. So yeah, out of university, I got a first class. So you're kind of thinking, okay, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to go one or two interviews. Wham, bam. To be fair, the first struggle was what the heck am I actually going to do? I was nice. I was academic. I was studious. I was not into boys. None of that stuff. It was going to be Dr. Maureen. That was, that was the thing that was kind of put on my head. So as you do, you study science, but you come out at the end and you're like, hold on. What am I actually doing? Yeah. How did I get here? And why am I doing this? So I had that first. Then I eventually thought, you know, I want to still find a way of using the science thing, but in more of a creative way. So there was a lot of research first. What are the options out there? What can I actually do? What can I get into that I might enjoy and still be able to kind of use my skills? Taking Um, it back a bit though. Sure. You did work in a hospital for a year. I did, yeah. So you worked in labs, explain that further. And it was one of those things that made you realize, I don't want to do this. Yes, exactly. So as part of my degree, I worked in a lab for a year. God, I can't even tell you the get, get into it. Get into Lord. it. Let's just say I was the woman in the white coat who was analyzing all of your beautiful samples. Oh. Imagine where they come out. <laughs> various ends of the body, various things were analyzed by myself and my team. Basically, poo samples. Oh, come on. Poo and blood. Must we take urine, it? sperm? Do we? Must we? Wow. All of it. Yeah. So we did that. (laughs) It was interesting. I definitely saw the benefit. So when you analyze a sample and you find a result and you see, oh my gosh, you have the potential to help this person and save their life. If something is wrong or vice versa, nothing is wrong. So great. They're absolutely fine. So that was amazing. But it's such an insular experience. Mm -hmm. You literally wake up, get to work, put on your coat, sit at a microscope, press the screen and that's it. That's the day gone. And I knew I did that for a year, but I did know after doing that experience that that life or that trajectory was definitely not for me, but I did still love the science thing. Like my heart, my interests, everything was kind of still there, but I needed to find a way to do it, but break free and be a bit more creative. So, which is how I kind of stumbled into the world that I got into, which was healthcare and pharmaceutical communications and PR. So after the year struggle, knocking on doors, all of that jazz, I ended up doing an internship. So I didn't actually get into a job straight away. And can we talk about the fact that 
the internship you did for free. And yes. there's a time where, and I know that not everyone has this privilege, but I, and Maureen was living at home. She didn't have any rent or anything to pay. Yes. That sometimes in the market where jobs are really hard to come by, you might have to be like, listen, I'll come for free. Just pay for my travel. Yeah. You'll have to make that ham sandwich at home and then just bring it in and struggle for a season. Yes. And you did that unpaid for at least three or four months. And this is one of the advices I provide when people ask me about how do you get a job? How do you get a career in an industry? I want to be in this. I want to be in that. Sometimes you just need to be annoying and be there mm. and then show how hands-on you can be. Definitely. There was a, a real humbling because you were broke, 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 first class honors, Dr. Maureen broke, no job, but had the opportunity to do experience, which I grabbed with both hands. And literally that has helped me to be where I am today. Mm -hmm. And yeah, taking it back. So being in the world of PR, for anyone who has worked in PR, it's not for the faint hearted and it's not the kind of career that you go into and just sit back and shut up you have to speak out, you have to actively go after opportunities, you have to know how to communicate with brands, with end users, with all these different kinds of stakeholders. So being shy and being coy, this really isn't the place. And I learned very quickly that if I was going to make it and if I was going to go far, that I was going to need to open my mouth. So that confidence thing yeah. really... I almost got a kick up the backside and I had an amazing line manager. She was just, honestly, she was the best. She could see that I was maybe not the most confident naturally, but she really encouraged me at every opportunity to kind of shout about your achievements. It's something that they do in like, in, in, in the industry. In the corporate world. In the corporate world. You have to make a lot of noise about the thing that you're doing. I had to learn to become more confident yeah. from work. You know, I worked in a male-dominated industry. I was in technology at an investment bank. Then I went into consulting. Yes. And in consulting, I could see all these people, I would be doing decks and work. Then they would be presenting my deck mm -hmm. and my work like they produced it. Mm. And I really realized that you needed to get your shoulders in the door. Let them know you have arrived, that I'm part of it. And people would speak in meetings just for the sake of speaking. You know, I have a query, query about something. About nothing. There's That's a query about nothing. <laughs> you just wanted to make sure your voice was heard. And I think that in life, you actually just need to have your voice heard. Because I'll remember that that person who spoke up versus the person who just you sat in the corner. Nothing. And yeah. you don't need, do you know what, what you're saying doesn't even need to be rocket science. Just say something. There's a lot of men who just say, you're just talking because <laughs> you like the sound of your voice, mm. but it works. It does. Get some recognition, Definitely. right? Okay. So fast forwarding on, you ended up working for me. Yes. <laughs> well, leaving your job. And I feel like you picked up some amazing skills. Obviously you worked in healthcare PR. You got to a very senior position and the skill sets you learned there, I think were valuable mm -hmm. for my set. What was that journey like? I worked in my career for about four or five years, four or five promotions later. Patricia was doing incredibly well. No one could have expected you to was kind of get plan? to where you got to. And mm. we very quickly kind of saw that there's a real opportunity here. Mm -hmm. Our mum is like... <laughs> Her journey as well is just incredible, but kind of seeing how she 
started here and kind of ended there. And I could see the same kind of potential with Patricia. So anyway, there was kind of a meeting of minds of talents and... Of needs. Of need. yeah. I needed help. And I was like, I like to keep things close and it takes me a while to warm up, but I knew that you'd picked up skilled. I knew that you were talented and you're my sister. So come on board. Yeah, that was about five years ago now. Crazy. Initially, I don't even think we really knew what it is that I'd be doing. Were you nervous about leaving a career? Because you were on a nice trajectory. You were at senior account manager. Were you not afraid to leave your job? No. How come? It's, it's weird. No. The money was nice. The lifestyle was nice. But actually, I was super stressed. Super, 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 super stressed. PR is no joke. Don't let anyone fool you. As much, you used to get high. Yeah, as much as I loved what I was doing, there was always a part of me that was kind of like, I'm slowly dying inside. Oh, yeah. It was, I can't explain it. Like, I spent a lot of time with eyes, the colour of crimson and... <laughs> well, you used to have a sty, yes. reoccurring sty. Yes, yes, I did. Hives. Yes. A new equation for switching on outcomes is here from PwC. It's human-led and tech-powered. It's PwC with Oracle, SAP, Salesforce, and Workday. It's PwC with Microsoft, AWS, and Google. Simplify your systems and amplify your results. Switch on outcomes with PwC and their alliances. Learn more at pwc.com. And... I believe it was just stress related. Yeah. So going back to some of the things I said before, as you think, so you become. Like my mental state at the time and just the complexity of the role and the stressful situations, it would tell all over my face, all over my body, mm. all the time. So anyway, the opportunity arose and I was not scared at all. I didn't even think about it from a financial perspective because I had lots and lots of savings at this point in time. Yes, I did. She's like, I had lots of I savings. Had a lot of coins. We're going to talk about your wallet, yeah? Because this is the Court of Guard podcast. So okay. we're going to talk about cash and money. Okay, that's okay. fine. We can do that. That part of me didn't worry at all. And it was you. And I could yeah. see, you know, that the opportunity was there and that you're an incredible force and you ain't going to let anything goes to the bin. So I want to be part of this. And I know that with two of us on board, wherever we are now, the sky's the limit. So yeah. So career check. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about the man situation shortly, but also you've now just got onto the ladder. And I want to explore that because you said that, you know, you weren't so scared to leave your job because you had cash in your wallet yeah. how were you doing that as a young person and how were you able to save and then work out your mortgage situation especially because you're kind of quote-unquote self-employed mm -hmm. can you give us a bit more insight into that what that process has been like for you from getting a deposit to just approving a mortgage because you bought a place in london so okay yeah cool. so i've always been a saver not even gonna lie like I'm that girl, I don't buy more than I get in. And also, I'm not really a things person. Yeah. Like, I, I like nice things, let's not get it twisted. But they don't really move me. Mm. Especially when you have goals beyond, I really love that Gucci belt. You know that 
saving is bae. Saving is king. And you ain't going to get anything unless you got anything. So in terms of kind of purchasing property, I knew I wanted to get on the property ladder. I've been saying it for about two years. Mm -hmm. But saying with no action means nothing. This part of my, this year, I'm going to change my life whole thing. It was the year that I was going to buy a house. Yeah. Fact. Mm. But you had put in the groundwork because you had money in your bank. Definitely. Not everyone has money in their bank because maybe they didn't think about it or even their expenses might be high. So for the girl who's like, I really want to buy a house, but what's the situation? How do I do this? So this is the thing. Priorities. Mm. Saying you really want to buy a house is one thing. Are you really living that life to Mm. get that house? So I know of women who may not be in the same situation as me because I'm living at home, right? So I don't necessarily have rent to pay. And actually, I read a stat the other day that the average person spends £64,000 on rent before they're actually ever able to buy a property in London. That's stressful. So yes, I was definitely in a fortunate, 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 is that the word? Yes. But you didn't pay a low rent. Definitely. I was still paying. However, my point is this, saying you want to get on a property ladder is one thing. What are you doing to actually achieve it? If your only goal is to get on the property ladder, then your expenses are your rent, your feeding, your travel, your phone, travel and your to bills. work. To work. And that's all you would do. Yeah. All the social activities, you would discipline yourself for a specific period of time to make sure you had a nest egg mm. big enough to achieve your ultimate goal, if that is your but only goal. But that could be like five years of no fun. But what's your definition of fun, though? Ooh. <laughs> fun isn't synonymous with spending. You can look for activities. You can do things that don't require you to spend excessive amount of money. Do you have to go to Ibiza? How about you don't go to Ibiza this summer? Hot girl summer in the garden. How about that? Yeah. Barbecue with the friends. Mm -hmm. You know what? Some Tesco chicken on the grill. 55 bikinis in the suitcase and in the trunk and in the garage. You don't need another one just because neon is the new color of the season. There's ways and means is all I'm saying. And that... If you really want something, you will be unrelenting in the pursuit of it. Mm -hmm. And that's with life. That's not just with houses. So, okay, I'm self-employed. So it's a little bit more tricky, if you will, to get on the ladder. Most lenders will want three years worth of accounts. So you prove your income for three years in the company and then your deposit minimum 10%. But actually, if you are going to get on the property ladder, my personal recommendation is that you look to get between kind of 15 and 20 percent on a deposit because it reduces your interest rate you get a better deal if you put more in basically make sure your credit is on lock Mm. guys i have a 9.999999 credit how and why do you know what your credit is better than my credit do you know why i have my, it's not that my credit is low. I don't have like that ridiculous credit because I never, I never actually took any credit out. I never mm. had credit cards. I had a student loan. I had an overdraft once when I was 18 and paid that off yeah. when I had left university and just made sure I had nothing. And then I did nothing else. Like I had no credit whatsoever. And so see, it was very low, thing. but I had a mortgage. That's the only thing that was in my name. My phone is in my name. Didn't have any bills in my name. I was just... Not thinking about that. Mm. Did you actively build your credit? Definitely. So right. good credit is a real thing. Right. I think people 
think about credit as this this beast, this ugly thing that you have to kind of stay away from. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you're trying to get a mortgage, you need to use credit. Oh, I was also late on a, a few credit card oh, see, payments we go. as well. I've, that was in the early days. I have never in my life missed a payment on anything. When I say I'm disciplined and I'm diligent, I don't play when it comes to money. So my credit has been being built for the past five years. So you've Plus. never made a late payment. You've never nope. not been able to pay a phone bill. Never. I feel like you're someone who'd you'd rather minimize use than to be in debt. Definitely. Like you'd rather not have a phone for like two months oh, or no, something. Oh no, I need a phone. But <laughs> okay, yes, fine. I would rather take a 20 pound SIM only contract with a iPhone 6 Plus than get the iPhone X and be spending 200 pounds a month if I don't have 200 pounds a month to pay that. Right. So I've been building my credit, gym memberships, phone bills, taking out credit, everything. I pay it off in full by direct debit every month. So that means I've actively been building up my kind of credit score. So I knew that by the time it came to purchasing, that wasn't going to be an issue for yeah. me. In terms of actually stacking for the deposit, like I said, I'm a saver. So the coin has been sat there. It's a process though. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not like you, and not sharing how much you paid for a house or whatever, but not like buying a million pound house oh, no, and then putting a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand down for no. a deposit, but you're buying a house within your means. Yes. And you've got a deposit that you can afford, right? Yes. Yes, actually, that is a really good point. And I don't want to trivialise saving and or buying property. It is a big deal. It is a big expense. Mm -hmm. But I definitely set myself a budget in terms of how much I wanted to spend on a property. Mm -hmm. I looked at what I'd be able to afford comfortably in terms of repayments. So all of that was a consideration even before I looked mm-hmm. like you don't want to fall in love with a property that you will never have the means to to pay for there is just no point and also I thought very carefully about my current personal circumstances where I see myself being in let's say three five years time and what I could potentially do with the property that I buy so mm-hmm. I bought a flat and I bought it in an area of London that I know is good for me from a commuter perspective and it's zone three and I we, know bought a, I, we bought a property in the same yeah, building, we did, we just did. to say, yeah. like, we keep, like to keep it in the kind family, of, you know, <laughs> kind of close. She's got the mid floor flat. I've got the got upstairs the flat. flat. We'll talk about that in another day. We really will, because even the circumstances finding that it was all kind of yeah. miraculous, would you say? Yeah, miraculous. I'm going okay. to put that out there. So, yeah, and I know I don't want to be there necessarily for five years or for a long time time but it will eventually make a really good investment property and that was important for me when kind of choosing a place to get I also think you've got a bargain yes I'm gonna be very real because obviously we're in the same position like for some reason we hunted down and got a bargain and Maureen negotiates quite intensely um and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, there's right. people who like, you got a property in London for that price, mm-hmm. in that location. It is like, you're in a great position, right? And it's that worst house on the best street kind of vibe, you know? Oh, I always say it. That yeah. is gold. Think about the potential rather than what you can see in front yeah. of your eyes when you walk in the door. So, getting a mortgage... Was that difficult? What did you need to provide? Can we quickly go through some of those key steps just okay. to guide just a, someone? Just a very quick so one. you have your deposit. Yep. What's the next situation? So 
you have your deposit, you need to find solicitors. The solicitors will also, or they can find a surveyor. You need to go and get the property basically valued and looked at to make sure what you've offered and what has been accepted is actually a fair market rate. You want to make sure that the building is not going to fall to the ground. The second but what you did you have to do in terms of like oh, your numbers? Stuff. Yeah. Okay, fine. So it's a bit different because I guess I'm self-employed. So what I needed was my two year, my then two years worth of accounts. So that was prepared by my accountant, signed all of that good stuff. You need bank statements. For me, it was going back a whole year, but I guess for the general man it's about three months worth of bank statements but because you're self-employed you had to give a year's worth of bank statements so they want to make sure basically that you haven't just fudged your numbers leading up to applying for a mortgage Mm. but actually it's been a consistent so not doing some fraud yeah Yeah. no no fraud (laughs) no fraud so a year's worth of bank statements proof of address all of that good stuff and then the solicitors and the lenders will go away and make sure that you can afford what you say that you can. So they will look at the profit within your company, how much you personally pay yourself yeah. and how you spend your money. Yeah. They will go back and forth and potentially ask you to clarify what certain things are. Mm-hmm. And they might also ask you to confirm what work you have in the pipeline in the pipeline for the next year so for me i could say i've got a guaranteed contract of x amount Mm -hmm. for the next year so they know that the second that you signed on the dotted line you're not now going to be in debt so that was it really i i also just got a car so they wanted to see that i'd been paying my lease payments my car payments on time and actually they said that if I hadn't have got the car they probably could have would have given me a lot more money really so that's something to consider so Maureen got a car on lease got a new little Mercedes you know because hot girl summer and all that jazz but you you had a push around polo that was broke down and it wasn't clangy and it wasn't cold clangy. and it was cold wet for like the last five years. Yes. So you felt like it was time for you to have an upgrade, yes. right? But you got that upgrade before you got a house. Yes. And it impacted how much you were yes. able to borrow. Definitely. So wow. I, yeah. Be mindful, kids. Like I said, I had goals for the year anyway. So I knew that all of these things I wanted to do and I wanted to achieve, right? So I wasn't that bothered. I wasn't that bothered. And plus, the house that we got was still a bargain. But, but I think yes, this is very really important for people to know that Definitely. if a, pri- a house is a priority for you, get then the house first. don't get other expenses as well because it's going to impact sure. your credit, your affordability. Definitely. Go with the house first. So, you got the house, you single, what's the man situation? And I don't want to sound like that really annoying mom or auntie, especially as Africans, like it's like, when is the Oz band coming? Like, the, when's the man? And there's always this pressure, like, mm. uh, pressure on your womb mm. and pressure on your, like, your, like, marriage statement. Like, they're very worried about if you've got a ring on your finger. It's very annoying. Mm. Do you feel that pressure? And what are you doing about it if you even feel like you need to? I did definitely feel under pressure in years past. Now, No. I don't feel under pressure. It's definitely something that I want and that I'm 
actively going after. But I think too many people make mistakes. Mm. I think too many people get very caught up in the ideology of being married that they make decisions which they later live to regret. And though I'm 30, forever is a long time. (laughs) And if I'm going to be with someone for the next 60, 70 years, if I live to see 100, 30 in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. It's nothing. I've kind of come this far. I've had a lot of weird and wonderful experiences. I've tasted and I've seen. And now I know that I'm not prepared to make a mistake in this area or trivialize it in any way. So did you date much when you were younger? When I was very younger, absolutely not. It was, it was book. (laughs) (laughs) Your boyfriend was book. It was straight up book. (laughs) And, you know, let's say university, back end of college, university, I lived, I lived my life ever so. I, I dated, I didn't really get into relationships per se. And I think at that stage, I was very much, oh my God, his beard and oh my god he's tall and oh my god have you seen his car like that was the i hate this i know so i think that i don't know maybe i am someone who's a bit weird like i didn't care about any of those things Mm -hmm. like not that you know i want to date an ugly guy or anything (laughs) like that but i'm like what i was always about content of character right because i was always scared that someone's gonna fuck up like, I, I I always think that everything's going to go wrong. Right. I think maybe I'm, like, a pessimist. So I always look for personality traits. Mm-hmm. Well, I do know that girls are like, he looks like this. Oh, my God, have you seen his watch and his car? And I'm like, all of this stuff means zero Nothing. in the scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And I think from seeing that, even growing up with parents, or with our parents, and then also seeing other relationships, that people can have all the things that shine but they don't love their husband. Definitely. Or, or their husband doesn't love them. And mm. I think for me, I always wanted love first and foremost. Mm. And that's why I secured someone quite early. But I'm presuming you were you were enthralled by a shiny beard. <laughs> yes, a shiny beard and some good banter. Wow. Yeah, banter is wow. Well, <laughs> that, that, that Banter will give you the flutters. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But I mean, that's a season. And I know many girls can relate. And also with me kind of being the shy girl back then... I didn't really know how to interact with guys. It was weird. So people who showed interest, oh my God, you're so beautiful. That was it. Finished. Scattered. Done. Oh, Um, really? They just had to say a nice word to you and you're like, it's over. (laughs) Really? Me? Oh my God. No skepticism. No, I I definitely took people at face value and I didn't really delve deeper into the content of their character. I didn't really delve deeper into their intention for whatever it is that we were doing. And I I very much lived in the moment mm. back then. So that was mm. like the historical dating situation. So now you use some of the apps. How have you found app dating? Because we only just got into you app dating after your breakup. We were like, no, we got to do something about this. Because you were very against it. There's a lot of guys who are like, I don't use apps. Listen. Anyway, I was, I don't know. I felt like online dating, what do we call it? App dating. It was for the girl over there. What? I don't need to, me, use an app. (laughs) Me? me. You got humbled real quick. I got humbled very much so. I think after a lot of heartbreak and making 
some real stupido decisions. I really considered where I was gonna meet the kind of guy, the caliber of man that I actually saw myself being with long-term. Now in my career and the kind of things that I do, I don't get the opportunity to meet single men who I think could actually be potential. So me kind of going to work, coming back, not really having very much free time. The only way really that I'm going to be able to meet new people is online. and Or an introduction. Yeah. And but I've, your last I've, introduction. I've been there, I've done that also. And that's not to say that I would never do it again, because please, if you have some good people, <laughs> I, I'm open. Leave a but, comment. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it kind of seemed like the most natural next step to explore. Do I have a favorite one? Yes, I do. Bumble. I would say- Why? Because I find that the caliber of man on there is more aligned to my vision for the Oz band with an O. They seem to be slightly more genuine. They seem to be more into the things that I am. And actually just the way that it works, like functionally speaking, it's a lot more intuitive. Some of the other ones, in my opinion, what, you have to like this and do that and I have to wait for my turn. It's just, it's it's a lot. I can't. So what is the best way to get over someone? And do you believe in the delete and block or getting under someone else to help out? Wow. Thick. I didn't used to believe in the delete and block. I was the kind of person who hung on. I could be in a relationship with someone and... We eventually call it time, but I couldn't, I couldn't let go. I couldn't completely remove them from my existence. To me, it's so like, it's, it's the, the weirdest it's energy. thing. Don't you find that like relationship, even friendships yeah. is energy. Yes. So when you're still in contact with someone who you're not going to have a future with, there's all this energy that you might be given to them. And I feel like it depletes yourself. It does, but it was, you're a nice girl. Yeah. I think it's yeah. you just it, want to be it, the nice girl. It was the girl. nice girl thing. It, it comes back to the nice girl thing. And I literally, I physically couldn't let go. I'm like, I know we're not together anymore. Or I know that we're not going to be that anymore. But I don't want you to completely be removed from oh, my I'm life. Oh, I'm like, bye. And I struggled with that. But now, I'll see ya. <laughs> see you, bye. 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 But again, that comes back to the whole like mental transformation and understanding what it is that I need to bring into my life or remove from my life at any one given point if it doesn't align with what I'm trying to achieve right now. So we have this quick fire section on this podcast and this is drop and give me 20. I'm going to ask you some questions and I just want you to give me the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. Biggest turn off. Bad breath. Early bird or night owl. Night owl. An activity that instantly calms you when you're stressed. Singing out loud. Sex or checks. Checks. First thing you do when you wake up. Scroll. Cooking or ordering in? Oh, cooking. Staying in or going out? Going out. During sex, the lights are on or off? Off. In a guy, do you like ambition or kindness? Kindness. Planning or spontaneity? Planning. Something no one knows about you? I don't know. I love soca. Biggest regret in a relationship? Not leaving sooner. Oof. How do you stay positive when everything is going wrong? I'm always positive. Texting or talking? Texting. Don't call me ever. 
The thing you're most afraid of is not having my own identity or leaving a mark in this world. Right, so I want to explore what's in your wallet. I have a few questions here. There is this thing on YouTube, which is the what's in my bag. It's kind of rude, you know, to go into someone's bag. I think it's even ruder to go into someone's wallet. But I love talking about money. So I want to delve further into your wallet, okay? What is the most you have spent on a boyfriend? I took one of my ex-partners away for his birthday. Was he appreciative of that? (laughs) We broke up a week later. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to have to ask him about that. Ooh. But no, not because of the holiday. Just going to throw that out there. No shade. Do you think the pain of the investment made it worse afterwards? Oh, yeah, it burned. (laughs) (laughs) It burned. (laughs) But to be fair, you shouldn't give to receive. You should definitely give out of a place of love. It's not really a tit for tat type thing. Are you good or bad with money? Oh, excellent with money. Would you date someone who earns less money than you? Yes, and I have. However, in my humble opinion, I do think it can cause issues down the line. But that's more so from a from a leadership perspective. And I also think more so for the man than for the woman. Who should pay on the first day? Oh, a man. <laughs> really? A thousand percent. Is that a modern thinking? I don't give a damn if it's a modern anything. What? It's my thinking. So if a guy didn't pay on the first date, would a you? massive turn off. What? Huge turn off. <sighs> the girls in the room I, are nodding. I They're I like, yeah. anyone wants to come for me on that one, but. But yeah. in a big, big 2019, you're still expecting that in this economy? I don't really know what it being 2019 has got to do with anything but a man should pay on the first date so you still want that chivalry i do and nine times out of ten a man has asked a woman out i know it's modern day so actually i could have put the feelers out but at the end of the day you are trying to find me you're trying to secure me we're not splitting anything I'm not paying for anything. If I pay, know that this is your last date. That is all. Okay, well, there's so many nods in the room. I feel like, you know, like the odd one out. But... But you married. (laughs) Yeah, it's true, it's true. It's like everything shared at this point in time. So maybe it's easy for me to say like, oh, just be, let's just split Okay, to be honest, that was a bit of a harsh statement. It might not be your last date, but I'm raising half an eyebrow. Would you pay on a date, right? Of course I would. Right, Absolutely. And this is the thing. I don't want people to get it twisted. I'm not saying that you will forever pay. You're going to hold me down. That's it. I'll put my feet up. Now it's the land of milk and honey. No. But on a first date, it sets the tone. It lets me know that you will take care of me and I can do the same and I will do the same. There will be dates where I will pay for everything and I'd expect you not to even bring out your wallet. That's fine. But as a first date and a gesture of intention moving forward, the man should pay. What advice do you have for people wanting to become better at managing their money? Set your goals. Set your goals first. If you have something that you're working towards, then you'll be more conscious about how you use your money. Never spend more than you have coming in. If you need to set limits or caps or put money aside, do that understand what kind of person you are when it comes to money. If you're a big spender, as the money comes in on payday, 
put 50% of it aside in a place where you can't get to. Right, so I really want to find out more about your mindset, what you think, and I'm calling this like the takeaway section. Is there anything that you feel most people would disagree with that you believe to be true based on your own experiences? Or some a truth that you found for yourself? That you can make a decision to change your life literally one day and everything can turn around for you in a short space of time. Back end of last year, I cut all my hair off. I know it's such a cliche thing. Oh yeah, you did. You did do the hair cut off. And that was such a, it was so representative of where I was at in my life. It's so cliche. Post breakup, shave your hair, all of that jazz. But I had such an attachment to my hair. You did. And doing that was like an act of, I'm breaking free. And actually everything as I know it is about to change. And literally from the beginning of this year, it was kind of like, you have to do something differently to get a different result. And I've applied that mantra to basically everything. And my whole life has changed in half a year. So yeah. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Maureen, for coming on the podcast today and for us to be able to delve a little bit more. And I feel like you're an example of like a quote unquote everyday girl who's still making moves. And I think you're not a big social media person or anything like that, but you are doing some great and amazing things. And I think that we can all see ourselves in someone like yourself. And I think it's important to have really great examples and role models in the everyday. So I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast. Thank and, you, you know, me. You go and get a man. You go and get a man. <laughs> but you're very happy as you are. And, and it's not the definition of someone making it by getting a man. Agree. So, yeah. 100% agree. Good. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been wicked. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like the Caught Off Guard podcast, tell a friend to tell a friend about it. Please share the podcast on social media and let me know your thoughts on what was discussed using the hashtag Caught Off Guard Pod. I'd love to know what future guests you'd like me to interview and what topics you want me to cover. You can follow me on Instagram and YouTube. You can just Google me, Patricia Bright. And if you like what you've heard and you want to hear more, please don't forget to subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're listening. Please rate and review the podcast. I read all your comments and really appreciate your feedback and support. So until next time. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.